So let me begin with a question. And here's the question. What is the song of your heart? What's the song of your heart? Now, what I mean by that is when you find yourself walking down a country lane or, you know, in the shower or maybe with other people, whatever the case may be, what is the song that sort of spontaneously bursts forth for you? What's the, what's the song you find yourself humming or whistling or, you know, singing, whatever the case may be? I bet that most of us have this song in our heart, just something that kind of comes to us when we're driving down the road. I asked the, the, the crew, hey, what's the songs that you catch me singing and and Scott right away said, oh, you're always humming countdown races. <laughs> Which I know is second only to, she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. These are the songs I'm wondering on the building. And then if you ask my, my family at home, they'll tell you, oh, Alan, you're always bursting forth with, well, we're down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. <laughs> Johnny, be good. These are the songs in my heart. It's kind of disappointing, isn't it? You think you'd be like, you know, Oh, Lord thy God, or whatever. No, no, these are my songs. Countdown races, uh, coming down the mountain when she comes, and Johnny be good. And so I said, well, Scott, you know, I want to talk about this in my sermon. So what, what's the song of your heart? He thought about it for just, you know, just a couple of seconds. And he says, well, you know, I kind of have two songs. Uh, the first one is Prince Ali from Aladdin. Much more impressive. Make way for Prince Ali. And he said, and the second one uh, that kind of bursts out of me is um, Danger Zone out of the movie Top Gun. I was so discouraged of you know, coming around the mountain when she comes, danger zone. But, you know, we have these songs. Maybe take for a, just a second, just take for a second. And maybe tell the person beside you or ask the person beside you if they know you well, what's the song of my heart? Just take a second, just go ahead and do that. Because I know you've got them, don't be shy. What is it? What kind of bursts out? What do you find yourself whistling? Whistling, all these things. We've got these songs, haven't we? Who knows why they come into our hearts? Scott said, you know, for me, he said, I realized that these songs are important to me because they happened during the transition times of my life. Now, here's the thing. As we go through the Old Testament, God's people had a song. God's people had a, a motto. God's people had this song that sort of came up out of them. And it seems like almost no matter what the circumstances of their life as individuals or, or as a nation, the song was kind of the same. We run into this song as part of the songs most often. It's a familiar phrase. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his hesed endures forever. That, that was their song. You read through the Old Testament and again and again and again, this song keeps coming up. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His hesed, his mercy, his loving kindness, his generosity, his faithful covenant faithfulness, all of these things. This is the song that they continually sing. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His hesed endures forever. His hesed, his loving kindness, his mercy, his faithfulness, it does what? It endures forever. It carries on. The truth is, if it wasn't an enduring forever, if it didn't last forever, it wouldn't be Hesed. Because you see, Hesed is this loving kindness, is this mercy that goes on and on and on because it is tied to the very faithfulness. As a matter of fact, it's an expression of the faithfulness of God. And so if God's hesed is to be hesed, it has to endure forever uh, through thick, through thin, through good, through bad. God's love, God's mercy, 
it endures. So here's the invitation that I want us to hear this morning. Those songs of your heart, I'm sure they're good songs. I'm sure you have reason for them and all that sort of thing. That's great stuff. Keep singing and keep humming them. But I want us to hear the invitation of the Holy Spirit to make this song. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his hesed endures forever. I just want to invite you to make that one of, maybe even the primary song of your heart. Because it's good for all kinds of, of circumstances. The one we might think of, first of all, and certainly the first time that we really find this in the history of Israel, it's a, it's a song of celebration. And as we go through this sort of historically, the first time it kind of really appears is in First Chronicles chapter 16, when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant, you know, where the stones in there, all this place that you know, they made. When he brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, by this time, King David was getting established in his, in his rulership. He defeated a bunch of the enemies. He'd uh, sort of uh, been victorious over them. He was establishing himself in the city of David. And uh, he wanted to bring in the Ark of the Covenant, this great symbol of God's presence, God's power, God's blessing, God's covenant faithfulness. He wanted to bring that into Jerusalem to be with him. Now, his first attempt didn't go so well. You might remember the story. Instead of, you know, doing it with the, so the, the guys carrying it like they're supposed to the Levites, instead he put it on a cart. And remember, Josiah went to study, drops dead. Didn't go all that well. Dave said, whoa, hang on here. This is too terrifying. We don't do it. But by the time we get into chapter 15, he's ready to give it another shot to bring this, this, this symbol and, and actually the reality too of the glory of God of his hesed of his covenant faithfulness into Jerusalem and so in preparation for it what he does is that he he gets musicians and singers and he begins to prepare them and so what we get into chapter 16 if you look at it in your in your on your bibles or on your devices if you take a look at the first chronicles 16 you'll see that the majority of it is it's taken up by this marvelous him, this marvelous song of praise, and it just art, you know, outlines all kinds of goodness of God and his thanksgiving and stuff. But then you get down towards the end of it, to verse 34, which is sort of the, at the beginning of this last stanza of this song, is the song we're looking at. Verse 34, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his hesed endures forever. Now, the truth is, it's easy maybe to just kind of skip over that little phrase because it's just one of many in that, in that whole chapter in this marvelous song. Except for what seems to happen is that this, this phrase is sort of lifted up out of this song of this great celebration and carried on throughout the Old Testament. It's carried on and it becomes one of the songs of their history of celebrating God's presence, his mercy, his power, and his blessing on his people. We see this next just a, a few years later. Over there in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 through 7. And we looked at this when we were all together at family camp. Where we talked about how we need to party because we have a God of Hesed. You remember what the whole thing is going on is that, is that Solomon has, has built the temple for the Lord. David couldn't do it, too much blood on his hands. Solomon did it and he gets it all together. And you remember uh, throughout those chapters the song of celebration that just keeps happening again and again and again. Whether it's the professional singers and musicians that they had or whether it was the common people with their faces bowed down to the ground, there was the song. He is good and his hesed endures forever. 
It's this great song of the celebration of Israel that God is present, God's mercy is with them, God's covenant faithfulness is being celebrated again, most of all by his presence with them. Now, skip ahead about 600 years. Lots has happened to the people of God. All kinds of it not very good. And we get to the time of Ezra. Now, by the time of Ezra, God's people had been through the Babylonian captivity, where they were sort of taken out of the promised land and over into Babylon and and set to live there. And they had been there for 70 years, recognizing that God had put them in the penalty box there for a while to learn some lessons, to draw them back to himself. But after about 70 years, the king of the time, King Cyrus, proclaimed that, you know what, all of God's people, you can return to Jerusalem and you can rebuild the temple. I'll I'll make sure that I'll help you make that happen. And so a bunch of the people go back and and here we find in chapter 3, verse 10, this this is what we read. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with their trumpets and the Levites, these are the sons of Asaph, this great singer, with symbols, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David the king. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. What did they sing? He is good. His hesed towards Israel endures forever. In the face of the goodness of God, in the face of coming through difficult times, there's this great song that we can sing together in celebration. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good because his hesed, his mercy, his loving kindness, his covenantal faithfulness, it endures forever. And we celebrate this truth. Now, this this, uh, returning to Jerusalem under Ezra, It was the fulfillment of a prophecy given by the prophet Jeremiah some 70 years earlier. And it's in this ministry of the prophet Jeremiah that we see this song is a song when in need of hope. It's a song to be sung when we need hope. It's a song to be singing when we feel like or when we even have been defeated and we face all these kind of setbacks in our life and it's been hard and it's been difficult and it's been rough and sometimes you wonder how you're going to put one foot in front of the other. It's at times like that that when we're in need of hope that this song comes to play. You see, God's people in the time of Jeremiah had strayed far from devotion to him. Worshipping other gods, not obeying the covenant. And God had sent prophet after prophet to them to call them back to the covenant, to call them back, you're my people, come back to me. I love you, my hesed is for you, I want to show you mercy because I delight in giving you forgiveness. All of these different things, but they were just ignored. And one of these prophets was the prophet Jeremiah. And finally through Jeremiah the weeping prophet, God says, okay, that's it. It's too late. The time for repentance has passed. You are now going to suffer the consequences of abandoning me and of your sin. You are going to be captured and taken into captivity in Babylon. 
And Jeremiah started to preach this message that it's too late, we're going to be gone. Don't bother fighting, we should surrender. It's going to be better to surrender because God has said, we're going down, this is it, we're going into captivity. Well, of course, the the rulers and the kings and the, the military leaders, they didn't think too much of that because they're trying to keep the morale of the people and of the soldiers up. And so they imprisoned Jeremiah, but he keeps, you know, keeps on, on, prophesying in spite of these charges of treason and being imprisoned. And Jerusalem prepares to fight. And as they prepared to defend Jerusalem, they tore down the houses that people were living in so that they could reinforce the walls. And the people were terrified as they saw this mighty Babylonian army come around them. And we have some kind of a sense of this, don't we, of what it is for a city to be destroyed because we see these images out of the Ukraine and uh, people being trapped in cities and bombardment happening and the horror and the fear and the terror that kind of must go through through this whole time. And, and Jeremiah warns them, listen, <laughs> you can tear down these your houses and you can build these walls and you can try and get other people to help you and you can do all these things and you can fight as hard as you want to But the truth is, those walls that you're building, they are going to be torn down and the streets of Jerusalem are going to be filled with corpses because you won't listen to me, you won't surrender, you want to fight and so you are going to die and a great horror and terror is going to come across this city and no matter how hard you fight, people are going to die, you are going to be taken over into captivity. And in fact, that all did come to pass. But before it came to pass, Jeremiah had another message. In the face of this terror that was facing them, in the face of what God said is going to be your defeat, Jeremiah gives a prophecy of hope in the midst of despair. This is what it says beginning this chapter. Yet in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people nor animals. In other words, there's going to be this time when, when Jerusalem is going to be abandoned, when nobody's going to be living there, even the animals are going to be driven up. That's the time of captivity. In the face of that time, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness. The voices of the bride and bridegroom. You see, this is a symbol of the greatest times of celebration. There are wedding festivities, right? I mean, there's a time where everyone's happy and, and all this sort of thing. This is before Sheena really got to know me. She was happy and rejoicing. This great time of rejoicing. And the voice of those who bring thank offering to the house of the Lord. And what will they be singing? What will they be saying? They'll be saying, give thanks to the Lord Almighty. For the Lord is good and his hesed endures forever. You see what he's saying? He's saying, listen, I understand that this time you feel like you're crushed. I understand that we're facing imminent defeat. I understand that terrible things are going to happen and we just, we just see the train coming. But understand this, God is faithful and God is merciful and God is kind and God fulfills his covenant and his hesed endures forever. In the depths of despair, in the face of disaster, of death and destruction of lives and homes and nations, there's this song of hope when we face those times. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His hesed, his loving kindness, his mercy, his faithfulness, his stick-to-itiveness, his extravagant kindness endures forever. It's a song of celebration. 
but it's also a song that we can sing when we're in need of hope. And we need to be reminded of this God whom we serve. I suppose it can be a song of hope, maybe, because it's also a song for us in the time of battle. We've got to go back 500 years <laughs> before Jeremiah to the time of good king Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was one of the good kings. He removed the, the places of worship into idols and foreign gods. He cut down the, the Asherah poles and, and all of these places of, of pagan worship. He fortified the cities of, of God's people against their enemies. And he put, he put Israel back on a, on a good and a firm foundation. And as they grew in strength, the nations around them began to be a little bit scared, began to be a little bit nervous, began to eye some of the riches of those people. And so the Bible tells us that the Moabites and the Ammonites and this mysterious people called the Munites, we don't really know much about them, where they're from. They just kind of show up every once in a while in Scripture. Don't know much about them, but, but these three people, they come together to take on Jehoshaphat. They're going to wipe him out. And they put together what the Bible says is a vast and a huge and innumerable army. And they come against and they begin to cross the border and start to make their way towards the, the center of the kingdom. And as this happened, the people that seized this army, the people that first experienced them, they run to King Jehoshaphat. And they say to him, this vast and massive and marauding army is coming for us. And they're so vast, there's nothing that we can do, but we've got to do something because they're going to take us out. They're going to defeat us. They're going to kill us. We're all going to die. You've got to do something. And so Jehoshaphat, he, as a good king, appeals to the Lord. And he offers up this, this marvelous prayer. Now, some scholars say, you know, it's kind of not a good prayer because he's going to talk about three things about God and, and this is him trying to manipulate God. And, and other people say, no, 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 it's not a, not a bad prayer. He's, he's a good king. This is him just reminding God of who God is and what he says. And so you can take it either way. But Jehoshaphat comes to God and, and he says three things. The first thing he says is that, listen, God, you are a powerful God. You are the God of everybody. You are not just the God of Israel. You're not just the God of this promised land. You are the God of all circumstances and all people and all territories and all things. You are God Almighty. You are the one that is the ruler above all rulers. Secondly, God, you gave us this land. You're the one that promises this land. You're the one that, to our father Abraham, you're the one that, that brought us into land. You're the one that did this. You gave us this land. It was a gift, a promise from you. And now these people are going to take it from us. They're going to steal your promise from us. And thirdly, God, when we were coming into the promised land, you told us not to kill, not to fight the Moabites and the Ammonites. You told us to leave them alone and to pass them on through. Now, normally when an our conquering army goes through and they're going to take a land, they take out everybody in their path because they don't want enemy enemies in the back and so we wipe them out. But you told us not to do that. And now look what's happening because you caused us and made us leave them alone. They've become mighty and powerful and now these people you told us to leave alone, they are coming against us. You, God, have put us into this problem, into this issue. And because we obeyed you and because we said we do what you do, now we're going to suffer. So you have got to do something. And so a descendant of Asaph came to Jehoshaphat. And he said, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast 
vast army because of the size of the problem that you're facing. For the battle is not yours, but God's. We just sang it. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat did what? He appointed men to do what? To sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out in the head of the army, guess what they were singing? Guess what they were chanting? Guess what they were saying? It's our song. It's the song of Israel. It's the song of God's people. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his hesed endures forever. And as they began to sing these praises, this marauding, invading army of three nations began to turn against each other and they destroyed each other. And by the time the army got there, all that was left to do was to take home the plunder and the spoils of war. In the face of enemies, too mighty and strong for you, in the face of circumstances that you have no idea how you're going to get through. In the face of terrifying, vast, massive obstacles. As we enter into that battle, we turn ourselves to the God of Hesed and we sing the song, I give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And his hesed endures forever. You see, this song, the song of Israel's heart is a song for all circumstances. And maybe this morning, it's a time of celebration for you. Maybe you sing that song because you are just overwhelmed by the goodness and the kindness and the mercy of God and you've come through a difficult time. Or maybe you've never even had a difficult time and your life has just been saved smoothly and you just want to give thanks to the Lord for he is good because his hesed has become abundant in your life and you want to celebrate that and you want to give thanks for that. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe you've just come through a period of time which has been one of the toughest in your life. And it's just felt to you like you've been defeated. And you've been surrounded by darkness. And whether it's the circumstances of life or anxiety or depression or, or whatever the case may be and, you, and you're kind of in the midst of it and you don't see light at the end of the tunnel and you need a message of hope, the song of hope for your heart to cling to in faith is to give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his hesed to me endures forever. And though I feel like I'm defeated, I cling to that hope. Or maybe you're just about ready to get into battle and you know you've got some tough times coming ahead. And maybe the circumstances, the news you just got, the, the situation that you're heading into, whatever the case may be, it, it just feels to you like, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to fight this battle. I don't know if I've got the strength. I don't know if I've got the wisdom. I don't know if I've got the energy. I don't know if I've got what it takes. 
And if that's your spot this morning, then the song is the same. I'm going to give thanks to God for his good and his hesed, his covenantal faithfulness, his mercy, his loving kindness to me endures forever. So that's our invitation. It's to make this ancient song the song of our hearts. Whether we're celebrating a victory in battle past, whether we feel like we're being crushed by the battle we've been through or in, or whether we're about to head into one. We fight our battles. We celebrate our victories. We cling to hope by singing the song. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his hesed endures forever. And this is how we fight our battles. Because the battle belongs to the Lord. Almighty God, you know, I, I'm sure with folks here, people online, people down the future that may come across this great message of your hesed. We want this to be the song of our hearts. We want to celebrate with this song that you are good and your hesed endures forever. We want to cling to hope when we've been through the ringer and it's just been playing hard and we can hardly get the energy to put our feet on the floor in the morning. We want to sing the song, give thanks to God for he is good and his mercy, his hesed, his faithfulness, his recovery, his forgiveness lasts forever. Or when we know that we see the train coming down the tracks and it's, it's big and it's huge, we remember that you are the Lord of all, that no battle is too big for you, that you put us in the place where we are, that you're aware of the enemies that surround us. And so we sing this song to fight our battle. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For your hesed to me, Lord, endures forever.